Okay, here we go. So Prince William's apparently an Aston Villa fan. The Queen reportedly supports West Ham. Yikes. And Oh! (laughs) 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 That was not expected. (laughs) Pro-Ralph for the crown. Pro-Ralph for the crown. Jesus. Prince My ha- God, do you think she goes down to the docks with the with the prince every once in a while and scraps? I don't know. I hope you like the championship queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prince, my God. Do you think she wears shirts that says we all hate Millwall? <laughs> she's, probably down there, she's probably down there throwing fists, I mean, man. of all the clubs in England, I would never expect the queen to be a, a hammer. You know, blowing bubbles. She's been around since the war. I'm pretty sure she's ready to throw like knuckles down if she uh, needs she's to. She's fucked up some Millwall people back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've heard tonight. What is up, everybody? Nick here with my co-host, Louie. It's been a long three weeks, and uh, I think we have more energy because of it. Yeah, this is uh, the Pint After episode 19. I know you're all excited. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Sorry, it's been a few weeks. Just a lot going on. I was out of town, and then just life got in the way. Busy time for me, work. Louie had things going on. I, think I had he's a got... very aggressive job hunt going on. And, and... how did I work out? Well, uh, just a week short of six months, and... I'm back on the workforce. It's about time. You know? You, you, were, just, you were just milking it. Milking I, I, I want to thank you all for supporting me with your tax money. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to have Louie back in the workforce. But uh, yeah, so we've been, we just had a lot going on. Uh, the one thing about this show is we always said, you know, when we were doing Tick, it became a lot for us and, and we loved it, but... It became push, a it became a second full-time job. Yeah, push come to shove. We both have, you know, I have a family. He has his friends and family and and we both have day jobs you know i know he was out of work now but I do. yeah you know it's so don't be alarmed if every once in a while you see a skip a week or two here because we have to focus on our lives that being said we're thrilled to be back we have loads to catch you up on we're obviously not going to go through every game we missed while we were away for two weeks but we're just going to talk a bit mostly about this past weekend we'll go through usl and keep it brief and talk about a lot of news i mean there's there's a lot of news being Thrown around, and a lot of money being thrown around. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, a lot of goals from halfway being thrown around. Oh yeah, Sports Center uh, top was at number seven. They made it. Yeah. It was like number seven. I think. So we're gonna come back and we'll hit on the USL stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Saturday, a regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. All right, so starting off in the USL with some news that we've missed over the past couple weeks, Birmingham Legion added four local businessmen leaders to their ownership group. John Harbert, he's an associate with Harbert Management Corporation's U.S. real estate team. Jack Bryant, he's a director and co-portfolio manager of Harbert Discovery Fund. Billy Harbert is the chairman and CEO of BL Harbert International. Jim Rain is a founding partner of Bonavento Capital. And the ownership group now stands at seven with these additions. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see how that uh, turns out for them. Some other news from them. They announced a partnership with Nike. Nike will become their official supplier as they take the field in 2019. And furthermore, Birmingham, they've been busy. Broken ground on their new stadium. Yeah, I was watching the uh, the video up on Twitter, and uh, you know it's nice to see progress happening, and and you know local soccer continue to grow. Look, anytime you get a soccer specific stadium, you know reasonably sized what they're building there, and they're not overdoing it. Great for the game. And then uh, you know, thank goodness it's scaled back immensely. But a little bit of roster news here and there. Charleston Battery signed defender Leland Archer. Archer spent the last four years at the College of Charleston, earning several accolades, and he previously played on Trinidad and Tobago's U seventeen team. This is uh, one of the more interesting stories that broke over the past few weeks. Chicago USL has found new owners. Tom Ricketts, the owner of the Chicago Cubs, and Sterling Bay, a Chicago developer, are forming a joint venture to bring soccer to the north side of Chicago. It's going to be along the Chicago River. There was a stadium plan put in effect for like 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. Sterling Bay would keep an ownership stake while Ricketts becomes the majority owner. Ricketts owns the Cubs. He obviously has the pedigree. He obviously knows what he's doing. He built a World Series champion. So really interesting in a city that, you know, has an MLS team that just hasn't captured the city. You know, it's it's huge, right? You have the Chicago Fire who play well out of town or in our trip to get to. And now you're talking about putting somebody on the north side of Chicago. Um, like a picturesque stadium on the side of it's, the river. It would kill it. And and the owner, the majority owner of it, will be the owner of one of the most iconic teams in baseball. Yeah, and it's it's incredible because, like, you know, someone said to me, or I think I saw it on Twitter, that the, the lease for Bridgeview, uh, that's the Chicago Toyota Stadium, is the best and worst lease ever because it's, it's the worst for the league, but it's the best for Bridgeview because apparently it's one of those leases that's just really hard to break. And we all know how MLS likes to break their leases. So, like, no, it's just... <laughs> It's you know it's going to be interesting to see how the game because Chicago is a city MLS is not ingrained in and there's a lot of opportunity for a USL team. So now this is a major major get yeah. for USL I think to, yep. to land uh, Tom Ricketts as an owner. Let's go a little more west. Uh, let's head over to Las Vegas Lights and uh, their technical director Jose Luis Sanchez Sola, also known as Chelis, was suspended. Hmm. Uh, he was originally suspended for seven games for a post match incident where he made physical contact with a member of the game's officiating crew. Apparently, he was sent off by the fourth official. An appeal was made, and the USL the USL reduced the suspension to four games and determined uh, they categorized it as referee abuse instead. Uh, I think it was something along the lines of I think he might have pointed or like actually like maybe pointed a finger into the chest of a referee, and then it was like, hey, seven games. And I, well, we all knew he was a, a wild card. Yeah, absolutely. He's a kind of a loose cannon, but I mean, I think. For that, seven games is kind of excessive. Like, I, when, I, mean, when, I know we've been away a couple of weeks. When did this happen? Was this recently or was it like a week or two ago? Uh, I want to say like two, three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago. At that point, he officially has been suspended for more games than the lights have played at that point. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it's really interesting. I mean, they brought the appeal down to four games, so it won't be those full seven games. Apparently, he had already served two of them, so I think he only has um, but can maybe he, another game. Can he watch the game with the fans and smoke? I'm sure there's a comfortable seat for I think him everybody knew when he came in he was a character. A controversial also, figure. We said it on the show. He's controversial, but he, he look, he's a character. You know, also being in Las Vegas, what's he smoking? Bada bing. Warren Smith joined the OKC Energy FC as a senior advisor. Smith is the co-founder and former president of Sacramento Republic FC. While he will help in a number of ways, he will focus on helping the front office staff in their execution of the 2018 season and helping the club find a solution to be in a soccer-specific stadium for 2019 and beyond. 
OKC Energy. That's it's. Uh, they obviously have a buzz there. The fans are behind them. So getting in a soccer-specific stadium without renting a turf, which will be a foreign concept for uh, Kansas, you know, OKC. <laughs> uh, it, it, good luck to Warren Smith. I hope he does it. You know, good luck to him. And uh, I mean, hopefully, let's say that that club needs more luck uh, than just off the field because on the field, yeah, they've been, been rough. It's pretty rough. terrible. We'll get to that point in a minute. But let's move on to Orange County. Orange County SC acquiring Argentine center mid Nicolas. Oh wow, they got yes, me, you got me for once. Zornomas. Zornomas. Yeah, I would say the C is island. Yeah, on loan from LAFC. Uh, Twenty-two years old, he joined LAFC on trial in February and played in the Argentina Superliga for Club Social and Deportivo Defensa y Justicia. Out of a Fury FC, requ- uh, acquired center back Donnell Henry on loan from the White Cover, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. So White Cover. White Cover. Listen, it's been a couple <laughs> weeks off. Vancouver Whitecaps. Henry joined the Whitecaps in December, spending three, after spending three years with the Queens team, West Ham United oh, the of the EPL. He also played for Blackburn Rovers, who just got promoted, AC Horsens, and Toronto FC. He's also started 20 of 22 appearances on the Canadian national team. So, Ottawa's always had this thing with the Canadian national team players, so happy to see it. Yeah, I think I, you're... I, I like Ottawa so much more now than I did when they played in the NASL. I think we missed a Jay August call out there, but you know. Yeah, I did. Um, he, he was over there for the, the promotion. Oh, that's part. right. He was yeah, there. Yeah, he was there. Reno 1868 FC signed midfielder Duke Lacroix, and uh, I think we've been fans of this guy for a little bit. Lacroix spent preseason with Reno and last year with Orange County SC, making five appearances before a season-ending injury. At 24, he's also seen time at Indy 11 and Ocean City Nor'easters of PDL. Solid he's, uh He's got some great feet um, yeah. for... for you know, being a little—I mean, I guess now he's a little bit older on, but he makes things happen. I, I like watching him play. I yeah. think he'll be a good addition. We we enjoyed watching him on Indy. I remember specifically, he was mm-hmm. one of those players we liked. Reno will host a friendly against Monarchas Morella of Liga MX. Uh, Morelia, sorry. Uh, the match is set for July 14th at Greater Nevada Field. Last season, Reno played Atlas, so they—they—they're doing a good job bringing in the Mexican clubs. Absolutely. Rochester Rhinos finding a way to stay in the news. Rochester announced a new stadium naming rights agreement. The stadium, formerly known as Capelli Sports Stadium, will now be known as Marino Auto Stadium after Marina Auto Group secured the naming rights for 2018. Marina previously held those same rights in 2009 and 2010. That stadium has had more names. Yeah, I mean, like they have and so, they, tough and, situation. And talk, about, and talk about teams. Like, I mean, they right now they have the Rochester Lancers playing there, the Lady Lancers. The Rochester Super Nine. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the. And it's a shame because it, it it used to be it was one of the best places in the late nineties early two thousand. They were looking at MLS, and you know we talked to um, what's his name earlier in the on our show earlier in the year. Um, I can't believe I just slipped my mind. The 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 beat reporter up there. I forget is it Jeff D. Veronica. Veronica Jeff D. Veronica. Yeah, and and just a fascinating story because you want to see look that area needs soccer, man. You know so. Uh, any reason for us to possibly go up and go on a road trip and stop at the Finger Lakes and go to some vineyards? I mean, just come on. <laughs> Let's talk about San Antonio. Um, and we're not talking about them wanting to go to uh, Mexico before you, MLS. Let's talk about Chris Tierpak. Um, he he was with the club and they mutually parted ways. Tierpak had a goal and an assist in six appearances this season. He has made 32 appearances overall with seven goals and four assists since joining before 2017. Remember, he was an impact player for the Scorpions. He was. Yeah, he was. Uh, They've also signed forward Kyle Murphy. Murphy spent the last two seasons in Rio Grande Valley. Valley, He started 32 of 56 games, 10 goals, four assists. He led the Toros in scoring with seven goals last year. He's also made one appearance with the Houston Dynamo. So... 
Decent signing there. St. Louis making a number of moves. First, Christian Valeski was sent to the OKC Energy in exchange for another international spot. Valeski had scored one goal for St. Louis this season. St. Louis also loses another player, uh, Austin Martz. He undergoes surgery to repair a muscle tear in the hip, making him unavailable for the next three to five months. They did have one signing, Ghanaian midfielder Edward Opoku. Opoku spent the last two seasons with AC Connecticut of PDL. In what seems to be a bi-weekly thing, Toronto <laughs> FC moved the location of this weekend's game. Scheduled at BMO Field, the match has now been moved to Sportsplex at Matthews, North Carolina to face the Charlotte Independence. So far this season, Pittsburgh and Charlotte had each received an extra home game from Toronto FC because of BMO not being available. Yeah, you know, a friend of the show, Mike Pendleton, was kind of going off about this on Reddit and on Twitter. And, and you know, I have to say, it's, it's, it is pretty unfair. You, you have now... I gotta be honest, like... It's not like Toronto 2 draws 20,000 people. There's no other location you could play a game up there? I mean, so, but even aside from that, like, absolutely. They should be able to force someone to come up there and play on a college field somewhere, a high school field somewhere. But it's also a question of now you have Pittsburgh and Charlotte each receiving an extra home game. Yeah. And and obviously it's going to be sensitive to a Rowdy's fan like Mike because they're crap on the road. So right. when you have a team receiving additional home games, it definitely gives them an advantage over other teams in the league. I, I, I hear where they're coming from. They're still going to finish fifth. but That's still playoffs. Uh, it is. That's right. It's, <laughs> it's not the NESL anymore. Uh, let's move on to the Tulsa Roughnecks. They had a number of roster moves. Uh, they acquired defender Wyatt Omsberg from Minnesota United on loan. Omsberg is a rookie selected in the MLS Super Draft this year after playing at Dartmouth College. They signed, and this is kind of big for me, uh, signed Montenegrin center back Nemanja Vukovic. Ah, I like now, him. Vukovic was actually with uh, Atlantic City FC, although he hadn't played a game yet. But he spent the last two seasons with Indy 11 and the previous two with Sacramento Republic. I'm sure he's happy to get back into... Uh, I will say this. I like what Atlantic City's doing. I respect what they're doing. Vukovic was better than that situation. I, I'm just throwing that out there. This isn't a knock on Atlantic City. It's more of a Vukovic was is a good player, and he deserves, I believe, to be at that level. I, I'm sure he's happy to be back in the second division yeah, yeah. as compared to you know yeah, the fourth. That's where he belongs. He's a good player. Absolutely. They also re-signed Mexican midfielder Jonathan Levin. Levin made nine appearances for the Republic last season. He's also played in the Mexican leagues with Veracruz, Jaguares, Puebla, and Pachuca. They acquired Ford Jesus Ferreira on loan. At 17 years old, Ferreira joins on loan from FC Dallas after playing one game for them last year and scoring a goal. He's recovering from a sports hernia procedure he underwent earlier this year. That's tough. Let's move on to matchups. And obviously, we missed a couple weeks, so we're not going over the past few weeks. We'll just hit this past weekend really quick. Just touch on the key points. Riverhounds in the 11 went to a nil-nil draw. Pittsburgh is still undefeated in eight games in this season. Four wins and four draws. Six shutout of the season. Third time getting shutout uh, for, for them. But the new coach, new regime, playing well. Absolutely. Colorado Springs switchbacks. Uh, they take one over Las Vegas Lights, one nothing. Each side had a goal disallowed, but Luke Vercoloni got the winner. Colorado Springs are now unbeaten in their last two as they post their fifth shutout. Meanwhile, Las Vegas are on a five-game winless streak as they're shut out the second time this season. Ottawa Fury has another win, 2-0 over Atlanta United 2. The game featured a nicely hit free kick into the top quarter by Carl Holworth, who assisted on the first goal by Stevan Dos Santos. Ottawa Fury now undefeated in their last three, all shutouts, winning their last two. 
Atlanta are looking for their first win since the season opener. They're winless in their last seven and are on a four-game losing streak, three of which were shutouts. Not good for Atlanta right there. I guess Ottawa realized they were making you look bad with your I know, I know. They're still still not really making me look good, (laughs) but go ahead. Real Monarchs SLC, they take one one 1-0 over Fresno FC. An eighth-minute goal by Michael Chang decides the match. Monarchs are unbeaten in their last four and are on a three-game winning streak as they post their third shutout. Fresno are winless in their seven games and are shut out for just the second time this season. Wow. Charleston beat Bethlehem 2-1. Gordon Wild scored the winner for the battery with a perfectly hit volley and assisted on the first goal by Atula Guerra, um, while Derek Jones picked up a consolation from the spot for the steal. Charleston are unbeaten in their last six and are on a four-game winning streak, allowing their first goal in four games. Bethlehem have just won one win in their last seven games. Richmond kickers. Dane Kelly scores the only goal of the encounter, uh, which Richmond won one nothing over the Rowdies, although Rowdies keeper Cody Mazel denied a penalty in front of 5,600. This is the kicker's first shot out of the season. The Rowdies have won just once in their last five games and have lost their last five on the road. All five of those road losses have been shutouts. Charlotte Independence beat Cincinnati 4-1. Big result there. Cordell Cato, Jan Urka, Kay Vosser, and Eamon Zayed all had goals for the Independence. Donnie Koning picked up the only FC Cincinnati goal. Charlotte broke a five-game winless streak, scoring four in the fir- for the first time this season since, since the opener. Cincinnati ended a five-game unbeaten streak uh, with three-game winning streak, and this is their worst result of the season so far. Absolutely. Seattle Sounders lose at home one nothing to Portland Timbers. Uh, Portland had a goal disallowed, but a last-minute stoppage time winner from Eric Williamson gave it to Portland in the end. See, sorry, go ahead. Seattle are in a three-game winless streak, shut out twice in that span, and have dropped their last two. Portland are now unbeaten in three, all of those shutouts, and post their sixth overall shutout of, of 2018. And I would be selling myself short if I didn't bring up the fact that they also lost the Sunday one game coach Gio with the big result oh yes yes sorry I root for Gio Tulfa Roughnecks had a rough one <laughs> no pun intended they well, lost the Phoenix Rising FC 5-1 to one. Deirdre Drogba had a pair of goals for Phoenix including this ridiculous long range free kick Kayvon Lambert Cody Wakasa and Chris Cortez rounded out the scoring for the for the rising. Uh, Fernando Arque was the, the only goal for to- Tulsa there. Tulsa have yet to win a game this season. Yikes, and they gave up five goals for the second time. A little rough for the Roughnecks. Phoenix are on a six-game unbeaten streak, three-game winning streak. Scoreless draw between Rio Grande Valley FC and San Antonio FC. Rio Grande Valley are on a four-game unbeaten streak and post their third shutout of the season. They've only been shut out twice this year. San Antonio are also on a four-game unbeaten streak and post their third shutout of the season while getting shut out for the fourth time themselves. Honors even between Orange County and St. Louis, 1-1. A Fanuel Cavita own goal was undone by a Lewis-Hilton equalizer for St. Louis. St. Louis captain Jonathan Barden was shown a red card, and head, head, head coach Anthony Poulos was also sent off in stoppage town. Orange County have found a result in six of their last eight games. St. Louis have only one loss in their last eight. Sacramento Republic 2, Reno 1868-3. Cameron Awas assisted on the first goal by Yuri Matrasic and hit the second to open the scoring for Sacramento, but three goals in five minutes for Reno gave them the win in front of over 11,500. Paul Marie and Brian Brown each had goals, while Mohamed Thia had the winner and an assist for the visitors. Sacramento have only one win in their last four games. Reno are undefeated in their last six. Big result here. Nashville SC beat Louisville City FC 2-0. 
Nashville get revenge on the 2-0 season opening loss handed by Louisville as Lebo Moloto records the brace in front of 8,600 fans and they stay undefeated at home. Nashville have only one loss in their last seven games and post their fifth shutout. Louisville post their first two losses of the season, the only times they've been shut out. For Nashville, it's good to see being their hockey team got eliminated. Had to throw that in there. Uh, and then matches tonight. Uh, Bethlehem Steel take one 3 nothing over New York Red Bulls 2. Goals from Machine Naglina, uh, Fabian Herbers, and Adam Najem. A pair of assists from Corey Burke for Bethlehem Steel. Bethlehem have now won two of their last three as they post their first shutout of 2018. New York are winless in their last five, getting shut out three times in that span. One final uh, game to talk about this w- this week. It's actually in progress still. We're not going to touch on it too much, but it's 5-4. Atlanta over Toronto in the 90th minute. So, good thing we're not touching on it because there's a hell of a lot of goals. That is ridiculous. I don't know if anyone scored that many this season. Yeah, and that's amazing, especially because Atlanta was shut out by Ottawa, too. From what I can see, uh, Michael Am- Michael Ambrose has a brace for Atlanta. Luca wow. Uccello with a brace for Toronto. Nice. Let's talk about some stats really quick. For the USL, top of the Eastern Conference has FC Cincinnati, Charleston Battery. They're on top of the East. Both have 17 points after nine games. Louisville City and the Riverhounds are just a point behind them with a game in hand on each of them. Top of the Western Conference, with nine played, Real Monarchs lead the West with 22 points. Phoenix Rising are a point behind with 10 games played. For goals, Carlton Belmar Swope Park still leads the way with eight. Four players have five goals. Assists, there's a one, two, three, five people with four assists. Haji Berry from Swope Parks, Mikhail Chang with Real Monarchs, Antoine Hoppenot from Reno 1868, Emmanuel Ledesma, formerly of Salernitana, with FC Cincinnati, and Parrish G of the Tulsa Roughnecks. Shutouts, Andre Rawls of Orange County has five, Owen Fon Williams of Indy 11 has five, and Matt Pickens has five from Nashville as well. Best beard of the three. Saves, Andre Rawls of Orange County has 33, as does Fabian Cerda of the Tulsa Roughnecks. Finally, there's three players with five yellow cards leading that way. Forrest Lasso of Cincinnati, Richard Dixon of the KC Energy, and Joel Weekly of the Las Vegas Lights. Last note, player of the week is Efrain, Efrain Alvarez, LA Galaxy 2. Scored a hat-trick against St. Louis FC in a 6-3 win over them last Wednesday. Going on to the PDL news, FC Golden State Force forward Pedro Fonseca named PDL National Player of the Week for Weeks 1 and 2. Across three wins against San Diego Zest, Orange County SC on the 23s, and San Francisco City FC, he recorded four goals with an assist. <laughs> Calgary Foothills FC, they named Martin Nash as an assistant coach for the 2018 season. As a player, Nash played in North America and England, including with Vancouver Whitecaps of USL winning two USL titles. He also played in the A-League before that, winning another two titles, has 38 caps for the Canadian men's national team, and has served in a, as an assistant coach for the Ottawa Fury and the Canadian men's national team. Of course, a uh, little side note, his brother just happens to be Steve Nash. Nice. San Francisco City FC named MoviePass as their title partner. MoviePass will now appear on front of their SFCFC kits worn this season, and all players hopefully will get to see Solo on time. So let's take a look at the way that the PDL divisions are breaking out. In the Central Conference Great Lakes Division, a game in, uh, a game in Michigan Bucks and Lansing United are tied for the lead at one point. In the Northeast Division of the Eastern Conference, with a game apiece, Westchester Flames and FC Boston lead with three points. Eastern Conference Mid-Atlantic, with a game each, Long Island Roughriders and Reading United AC are tied at three points. Eastern Conference South Atlantic Division, 
Tobacco Road FC, Charlotte Eagles have one win to lead the division to three. Southern Conference, Deep South Division with no wins in the division. Peach Tree City MOBA, South Georgia Torment FC, Mississippi Brill FC, and Memphis City FC each have one point. Southeastern, Southern, Southern Conference, Mid-South Division, only one game played. Corpus Christi FC have three points and the lead. Southern Conference, Southeast Division, a win for Lakeland Tropics gives them the lead of the division at three points. Western Conference, Mountain Division, FC Tucson. Win and lead the way with three points. Western Conference Northwest Division, six points for Calgary Foothills in two games give them the lead. Western Conference Southwest Division, FC Golden State Force are on top of the division, perfect after three. They've scored 12 goals and given up none. And of course, uh, that player got player of the week. Uh, sorry, Mr. Uh, Fonseca. Yeah. That's all we have from the USL realm of things. We Hopefully, it'll be a little shorter with this next week because there'll be less news. We've had a couple weeks of news to catch up on. So, good stuff there. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and go into the NASL world, NPSL world, UPSL world, and catch you up there. Be back. A bottle of whites bottle of red Perhaps a bottle of rosé instead Get a table near the street In our old familiar place You and I face to face mm-hmm. Alright, so let's move on to the NASL stuff. Yeah. Whenever we talk NASL, the word law comes up. So, really, really, really huge development, all kidding aside. The league, the lawsuit is is on to Discovery. And this is a big fan for anybody who's in the change category. Because we expected the USSF to come out and try to do, uh, what do you call it? Um, A motion to dismiss. They didn't. They just answered. They they just answered. it was incredible. I, I'm like kind of at loss because I didn't expect it. So the the league received answers from both USSF and MLS in their federal antitrust lawsuit. In providing those answers, the Federation and First Division have declined to file to mo- the motion to dismiss. So we are in discovery, and this is going to get really interesting to see what comes out. So strap in. We'll keep you posted over the next few months. I mean, from my standpoint, this, I, I'm excited because I think discovery needed to happen. I expect... Do I expect this earth-shattering news that the USSF is is like a cor- corrupt business? No, I don't expect it to get earth-shattering, but I expect dirty laundry to come out on all sides, and I only hope it's a positive for the game going forward. I mean, that's the thing too. Uh, you know, obviously we're on the side of change. We want to see things. Yeah, we want to see the way that the soccer is running this country change. Obviously, that some relationship with USSF is way too strange, way too too fishy, but at the same time. That doesn't exclude the fact there's going to be some weird stuff coming out from NASL. I'm sure stuff's going to come out from traffic that we don't know about already. I'm sure other things are going to are going to hop out. Things are going to happen. We're going to see things on our end too. Yeah. That we're not going to like. But the truth is that at this point, we I I, I firmly believe that we just need everything out there. Everything needs to get out. Yeah. Everything needs to be aired out before we can have any hope of real change of any sort of. Um, reform there is nothing that can happen until this all gets out into the light i think we all need to be aware because i'm a firm believer of this and maybe maybe this is unfair but when you talk about commissioners of leagues and owners of teams these guys didn't get to these positions by being good old nice neighbor handy you know saint peter 
Sorry if you're not Catholic. These guys got to where they are because they're all dirty. They're all dirty. They're all corrupt. They could all be assholes. Nobody's perfect. They're successful, and I'm not selling them short of that. Their success is, is given, but you don't get to a position of that much power without being a scumbag in some ways. It, it just You have to be dirty to really play the game that's played at that level. And that's not a knock on them. They play it. They do it well. They're obviously very successful at it. So we're going to find out, I think, all of them have skeletons in their closet. So let's figure it out, find out, and hopefully everybody takes a step back and says, well, I hate MLS because of this, but you know what? I'm not too thrilled about this either. Everybody figures out what's wrong, and and, and then they find a way to, to adjust this. If USSF and MLS are found guilty of collusion to um, prevent NASL from growth and stripping them of sanction, if that's found guilty, shame on them. And guess what? We need to either get a new federation, right? Or a third party needs to be appointed to oversee the USSF until it cleans up its act. I mean, I'm not saying you, I'm not I'm not saying oh, absolutely. I'm also for that a third party comes in, whether it be a government or whatever comes in and watches the USSF and pretty much manages them until they could clean up their act. I think it just sounds kind of hairy at that point because a big part of a big part of the way the FIFA says the soccer needs to be run is that it cannot have the involvement of the government. So government involvement could hurt us, at least in the short term. That's just true. You know, but at the same time, like, what do you do? Do you have FIFA come in? FIFA who has its own track record of corruption? I don't want FIFA and, in this shit, no. And, and, you know, like, they're out there now trying to force Australia and India to do stuff, which granted, you know, the Australian thing and FIFA needs a gov- somebody to oversee them. I yeah, mean, but, but like, I mean, how do you even begin to clean that up? You can't. FIFA is so dirty. FIFA is so filthy. Uh, it's unfortunate. The reality is the this game that we love, it's dirty. It's just corrupt all over the world, not just here. Just dirty and corrupt. The money is involved. Money, I say this all the time, money is the worst thing that could happen in sports. It just just makes things dirty. I don't know. I just, I, you know, it was, it was great when the U.S. government started going after FIFA for whatever reason. But I'd really, really like to see more of an international cooperation yeah. on that. Like, to see the Europeans go after them instead yeah. of just, like, picking them up and sending them to New York. There needs to be reform at FIFA before we can even hope for something serious to take over here. I forget who it was. I, I it was a, I, I don't know if it was a coach in Italy. Maybe it was the Roma coach after everything that happened or whatever. Um, you know, talking about VAR in the Champions League. Oh, yeah. I think it was the coach of Roma who said something along the lines of, you want to see VAR? We have to wait till Real Madrid wants VAR. When Real Madrid wants VAR, we're going to see VAR. And it's, he's making the statement that, the big teams kind of get to push the weight around, and, and maybe it's true. But coming back home, this will be this discovery thing. We kind of went off on a tangent. Is huge. So looking forward to see what comes of that. But let's go on to MPSL. Let's get back on the field because for me, I like the on the field stuff better, man. I like I like to talk soccer. So let's let's do it. Let's start with the NPSL player of the week, Academica SC forward Cody Golbad, who picked up two goals and one assist in a four nothing win over the East Bay Stompers, Stompers on May fifth. Golbad currently leads the team with six goals and two assists. Has been with them for two years. Wow, four yeah, four nothing win. That was a drubbing, right? No, I took a drubbing on May 5th. My wallet. It was Kentucky Derby Day. Anyway, Kingston Stockade unveiled new kits in their new shirt sponsor. Lyft becomes an official sponsor and will appear on the lower back of the new kits. 
That's also, a, rides players get a ride home, right? That's a that's that's a great sponsorship. That's a good deal. sponsor. Yeah, that's a really good sponsorship deal. Now let's move on to another bit of news that was pretty interesting. Small, Granted, small. this is uh, obviously for most of you kind of old news, but you know we haven't talked, we haven't tackled it on the show at all. New York Cosmos owner Rocco Camiso makes USSF an offer that they shouldn't refuse. Camiso proposed five hundred million dollars in funding, including. $250 million of his own money to allow new and select existing clubs to compete at the highest level. He also asked for 10 years for the project to come into full compliance with the professional league standards. If the deal between USSF and some were ended, he offered to buy the same rights at a higher price, providing extra money that could support youth, amateur, and women's soccer. Multiple reports also indicate that Camiso and the NASL are seeking the support of Honduras and Puerto Rico. There's been articles written about this. Uh, I do know that letters have gone out to all nations in CONCACAF and the Brazilian Federation. So really quick, let's get into our thoughts on this. So you want to wait for the questions? Uh, there wasn't, I mean, there was some questions about it. It wasn't much. Because I have some thoughts I want to talk about. Let's go for it. I like this move by Camiso. He, he Obviously, he's looking to throw his money into soccer. He obviously there's a care about the game there, right? right. Good, I like that. Uh, Ten years project to come into full compliance with pro league standards. That's a fair ask, very fair ask For by that Rocco. Of money. Right? Give me ten years to get this happen. I'm investing this much money. Fair ask. If the deal between USSF somewhere ended, he offered to buy the same rights at a higher price. How is that? How how do we know that's different from the sum deal though? I guess the sum deal really just sort of benefits. Um, it, well, the USSF deal, is a nonprofit organization. They should be going out to the market and pricing deals. You can't just give you. You can't be complaining that some deal is is um, is a little corrupt, which it might be, and that you know that I agree with that. But then I've seen that they should be, you know, pricing out the, these services as a nonprofit. Then you can't offer to buy your own thing. Like they should go the route of a nonprofit, right? Well, here's the thing: if the USSF goes out to price this out, which for all we know, they have not. And you have a co- competition coming in and offering to buy them at a higher at a higher rate. They should go with that. In theory, they should. Yeah. No, also, it, also when, it, when he specifically says the money could support other entities that are currently not, right now that some deal really is just for USSF. Oh, no, no, no. I agree with yeah. him there. No, that I do. Like, I want to see the money not just for MLS, but also for the youth, youth the, the amateur, amateur, the women's women. soccer. But I, I feel like with this one, the request should be that they go and price new deals and I will bid. If I lose the bid, so be it. But they should also, you know, they should demand that they put the money into youth soccer, amateur soccer. There should be a bidding process. That should be the appropriate way of a nonprofit. I agree with that. Yeah. But as a businessman, the last thing you're going to say is no. you should go out and bid. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. But that, but again, this says that to me, that's that's just me not being a businessman. That's just mm-hmm. saying, what's the difference between that and some? They're both businessmen trying to get their, their you know, scratch their own crotch. In that case, I think USSF has the obligation to go out and price this out. I think they, that's where I'm going yeah. with it. They, that's where I think they should go. That's just me. So that's one thing I kind of am a little shady on, like whatever. Multiple reports, Camiso seeking the support of all the federations. Good bring the community i think rocco's done very good here i like the move whatever um i know the federations asked him for a full detail plan he should put together a full detail plan i know he says he's curious he's against sharing it but i don't know that's what non-disclosure agreements are for that's like the only other thing he's come out like he doesn't want to share with garber and company I understand why he has the animosity and he should have the animosity but sign a non-disclosure agreement you're all professionals show your plan that being said, if someone's offering $250 million, God damn it, the president of USSF should agree to that meeting. Why is he not agreeing to that? 
Well, because, you know, he has to be out there to get us to World Cup that we're going to probably lose anyway. Blah, Guess blah, what? Blah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna wine and dine people for the World Cup or whatever you gotta do for the World Cup, I'm sure New York City's on your your, your map. Probably. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an arrogant New Yorker. Like I'm sure there's gonna be business in New York somewhere. You could sit down with Rocco. For, he's offering two hundred fifty million dollars. You you don't send a buy. You know someone under you to do that. You that's that's. If you're the federation president, $250 million, you know what you could do with that? You meet with that man. You don't agree? Fine. Walk away from the deal. But meet with him. I mean, here's the thing. You know, I think, I hope that anyone who listens to the show knows by now, we do our utmost to kind of be fair and unbiased, really just share our opinions. Now, we have called out, we've, we've basically called out the Cosmos and Rocco for stuff that they've done, like, oh, you know, that, going after journalists yeah, and, and, and whatnot. But in this case, like we really are on board with what Rocco's doing. I, I, I don't, I don't see any negatives to this. Yes, maybe he should share the plan. You know, do it I under an NDA and, and get it so that they can't share it. Fine. But right now, I, I'm on board with all this. Uh, yeah, the only things I, I would say that uh, maybe I have a little fishing is number one, share the plan, sign an NDA. You're a professional. Don't, don't stoop to that level of oh, I don't want to share with this guy. And the other thing is like you know. Well, end it with some and sign with me. To me, that's that's not exactly fair practice either. That those are my only two negative feedbacks to this whole thing. The rest of it, mm-hmm. I'm Team Rocco on this one, and and I've been anti Rocco for a while. But let's move on to New York Cosmos B as they agreed to donate 100 percent of their MPSL ticket sales to Street Soccer USA. Street Soccer USA is a national nonprofit that uses the power of soccer to help people of all ages and backgrounds take positive steps forward in their lives. Street Soccer brings a wide range of free programs which connect soccer skills to life skills to youth and young adults in low-income communities across the country, including over 1,600 individuals in New York City alone. That was in 2017. Tickets will be priced at $10. See, to me, this is another great sign by the Cosmos getting into the communities. I mean, those those low-income communities are the communities we're not getting these players from, right? Because it's all pay-to-play. Great move here. I mean, they've had a they've had a pretty uh, extensive, I think, what the last two three years relationship with Street Soccer USA, and I, I think this is great. You know, even even with them dropping out at the professional level, even now just playing at an amateur level. Uh, and I'm sorry, I don't mean um, that, that the club is not professional. I do mean that the league is not considered professional. You know, I think it's a great move that they're they're still trying to find a way to contribute. They're still trying to find a way to make some sort of positive impact. Um, you know, by by their own existence. Let's move on to NPSL standings across the Do league. Do it. Let's go to Mid- Midwest Region North Conference Division. Sioux Falls Thunder FC and Minneapolis City SC share the lead with four points after two games. Midwest Region Great Lakes Conference. AFC Ann Arbor have six points after two games. Kalamazoo FC follow with three points in one game. Northeast Region North Atlantic Conference. New York Cosmos B, Kingston Stockade, and Hartford City FC all have three points after a game each. Actually, we should amend that. Um, This was all done yesterday. I apologize. I do know Cosmos B has won their second game, so I know they have six points. I'm unaware about Kingston and Hartford at the moment. Northeast Region Mid-Atlantic Conference, after one game, Virginia Beach City FC lead with three points. Northeast Region Keystone Conference, after one game each, Junior Lone Star FC, Westchester United Soccer Club, and Atlantic City FC each have three points. South Region Sunshine Conference Division, Miami F- Miami United FC lead with 11 points in five games. Armada, Jacksonville Armada follow with four points in two games. South Region, South, uh, Southeast Conference Division. Georgia Revolution lead with five points after three games. International FC with three points after a game. South Region, Lone Star Conference Division. Fort Worth Vaqueros and Chevroport Rafters FC 
each have six points after two games. South Region Heartland Conference Division, Tulsa, Tulsa Athletic and FC Wichita each have six points after two played. West Region, Southwest Conference Division, Orange County FC lead the division with 18 points after eight games, followed by ASC San Diego, who have 16 points after seven games. West Region, Northwest Conference, Kitsap Pumas and OSAFC each have three points after a game apiece. West Region Conference, Golden Gate Division, El Farolito hold a slight edge for first with 18 points after eight games, but CD Aguiluchos USA are just a point behind them also on 18 games. I love both those clubs. So let's move on to UPSL. UPSL. UPSL announces the opening of its corporate headquarters. The league opened offices in Westminster, California, effective this week. They'll celebrate with an opening gala where club owners, managers, and coaches will be invited. Hey, guys, you know where we are. Just send us an invite. Seville FC forward Erivaldo Oliveira da Silva named UPSL National Player of the Week. In an 8 nothing victory over Atlanta ASA, Da Silva contributed five goals, and this was on Saturday, May 12th. Da Silva has played professionally in Brazil and Thailand, now has 11 goals in Seville's first seven games. Jesus. That's good. <laughs> Vahai Athletics FC joins the Southeast Conference Atlantic Caribbean Division, playing a decalb Southeast Atlantic Complex Athletic Complex in Lithonia, Georgia. The team name is formatted to pay homage to the neighborhood and city that spawned it, Virginia Highlands of Atlanta. Seas Jamaica FC will also join the Southeast Conference Atlanta Caribbean Division, also playing a decal of South, Southeast Atlantic Complex. Founded in 2000, the club won the Atlanta Caribbean Soccer League three times. Catrachos de Incaef joins the Northeast Conference American Division, playing at Blair High School in Silver Spring, Maryland. The International Cultural and Athletic Exchange Foundation was created in 2013, opening doors for young people of limited resources in Maryland and includes a free soccer academy. Inkayef was born out of the lack of opportunities for the most deserving and in need young people and works hand in hand with survivors of domestic violence to help wow. them have a better ver- better vision of the future. Wow, good Man, fan. totally support. Like, I totally, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you got Catracos and I get Broncos. United FC NC joins the Southeast Conference Mid-Atlantic Division playing at Rocky River High School in Mint Hill, North Carolina. Yeah. San Lee FC of Sanford, North Carolina, also joined the Southeast Conference Mid-Atlantic Division. Tim Blodgett, head coach and general manager, served as a Marine Staff Sergeant and featured on the All-Marine Corps team. Yep. He's also capped on the U.S. Men's 7v7 team. I just envision him doing his team meetings like, uh, remember that movie, was that movie, Full Metal Jacket? Arlie Army, rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> yes. FC Imperial joins Texas Conference playing at FBCA Sports Complex in Sugarland, Texas. The club is being seen as a foundation for a higher level of play for products of the Cedar Stars Academy in Houston. Owner Harold Zurita spent time as a player in North and South America. Imperial, also the name of a Costa Rican beer. HP Drifters FC of Amarillo, Texas will join the Central Conference North Division. Clay County SC of Jacksonville, Florida will join the Southeast Conference Florida Central Division playing at Eagle Harbor Soccer Complex. Founded in 1977 by Manchester United and England player Dennis Violet, the club offers recreational, travel, and academy teams to 3,000 local soccer players, operates two soccer-specific facilities, and has owned and operated a WPSL team since 2013. Respectable. Soda City FC of Columbia, South Carolina will join the Southeast Conference Mid-Atlantic Division. Soda City pays homage to COLA, which is Columbia's nickname, I will support anything that's not called Pop City. Yes. 
Moving along to the UPSL standings update, we start in the Central Conference North Division with one game played. Dallas Elite FC are on top with three points. Central Conference South Division, Atletico KDFC at the top of the division after one game with three points. Colorado Conference Pro Premier Division, FC Boulder have eight points, a, po- a one-point lead over Colorado Rush, but the Rush still have two games in hand. Colorado Conference UPSL Championship, Real Medina and Athletic Club of Sloan's Lake shared the top of the table with nine points each, though Real still have a game in hand. Midwest Conference Central Division, Juliet United SC, <laughs> Aurora Borealis SC, and RWB Adrea all share the lead after one game with three points. That is such an awesome name, Aurora Borealis. That, that really is awesome. I'm just going to call, call them Northern Lights. <laughs> Midwest Conference North Division, after three games, Granite City FC are in the lead with six points. Milwaukee Bavarian are just three points behind with two games in hand. Midwest Conference East Division, after two games, Carpathia FC are on top and perfect with Oakland County three points behind and a game in hand. Midwest Conference West Division, St. Louis Maritza atop the division with seven points, Barrieros FC with four. Mountain Conference, Idaho Lobos FC atop with nine points after four games, San Juan FC behind with seven. Northeast Conference American Division, Rochester Super 9 Pro SC and Junior Lone Star FC both have 12 points, so Rochester have a game in hand. That Super 9 team is the other one that's playing at uh, now Marino Auto Stadium. And uh, how about that for Junior Lone Star, who are you know up there yeah. in the standings both in UPSL and NPSL? Yeah. Northeast Conference Patriot Division, Mass United FC lead with 10 points, Juve Pro Soccer and Safira FC just behind them with 9 each, although Safira have 2 games in hand. Southeast Conference Florida Central Division, Inter Orlando lead the division with 16 points, widening the gap from America SC and Golden Goal Sports SC who each have 9, although Golden Goal still have a game in hand. Southeast Conference Florida South Division, Florida Soccer Soldiers top the division with 15 points after 5 games. Miami Sun FC with the same number of games trailed them by five points. Southeast Conference Mid-Atlantic Division, Low Country United have 25 points after nine games, leading Seaville FC, who have 18 points, still have two games in hand. My favorite Southwest Conference, no division. Sporting Arizona lead with 12 points in five games. MSC United just behind them with 10 points in six games. Western Conference Pro Premier Division, California United FC2 are perfect after eight games with 24 points, scoring 42 goals, allowing three. LA Wolves are in second with 19 points after seven. Sad news here. Uh, yep. Western Conference Championship, La Habra City now lead with 25 points after nine games. High Desert City, F- uh, High Desert FC are just three points behind them. What happened to my boys? We believed in you guys. We Where believed. Are Where are you, San Nicholas? San Nicholas. I think they're like in third or fourth right now. Yeah. We miss you guys. Let's close it out at the Wild West Conference. Coyotes FC lead with 25 points after nine games, three points ahead of California Victory FC. Yeah, so just I'm just really disappointed in my San Nicolas. I really am. I'm just checking really quick. They are in third place. They still are in it. Still, still 7-0-1 after eight games. They got a game in hand, and they have 21 points. So, honestly, you know. That's still impressive goal differential, 40-6. to six. I will say, you have the La Habra City at 25 points to 22 points. Oh, dear. I'm just not sure. I, I may have to check your homework. <laughs> Very, very interesting. You know, I feel like with the UPSL, they're just going about their business. They're, they're just not, you know, they just. They're, yeah, it's interesting. You know, they're going around opening up the corporate headquarters. Or just, I mean, they're at about 170 teams now. They're expecting to be at about 200 by the end of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, they just keep kind of moving on, expanding. Understood. But uh, speaking of, let's, uh, I guess let's, you know, take a break, yeah. come back, do some listener questions. Sounds good. Let's take a break. Bye. 
final segment of the evening. We go we go to questions. Before we go to questions, uh, one thing we talked about last segment, all the uh, MPSL, UPSL results. Napa Valley 1939 aren't doing as strong, and I'm, I'm very upset by that. Nobody cares. Yeah, wait, who's your NPSL side? Well, Cosmos B, but <laughs> mine too. But I, I just took a like. Well, Cosmos B, I have Kingston Stockade sympathies. Have, That's the same division. You can't do that. I have sympathies. Uh, you're like they that, play each other. You're like that guy. It's like, I like Manchester United and Arsenal. No, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. Same same division. Find another NPSL team. Listen, before I didn't have to care about NPSL before my team dropped out of pro. <laughs> Well, it's 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 like everybody. They, they, I hate when I talk to people. They're like, "Oh, who's your team?" And you know, I'm in Europe. I'm like Salernitana. I'm like, yeah, you like Italian soccer. I'm like, yeah. He goes, "Who's your big team?" Though I'm like, "What do you mean? Who's your big team?" I'm like, well, Salernitana. They're like, "No, no, no." But who's your A team? I'm like, no, I don't have a team in A. Oh, so it's like it's like college sports in this country. Yeah, no, it's like, it's. Awful. I went to Fordham, but my team's Duke. Some of, some of my cousins they're like, "Oh, yeah, I uh, I'd root for Salernitana if they were in A." No, it doesn't work like that. If you're a fan, you're a fan. You want to like a big team? Watch La Liga. My big team, if I had a big team, is Manchester United. I like Manchester United. Always have. But I'm a Salernitana fan. I don't like us. There's certain teams I root for. But no, one team per country. That's my rule. It's a big country. You just have one soccer team. Well, listen, uh, you know, I just I just don't know. Uh, there are people I have. a. You ramble off. They have... 14 teams because they like team in every country. I like like th- two or three teams in Europe I really follow. That's it. That That's like the extent of it for me. I mean, the, the rest of them, you can't like a team in every country. It's too much. I mean, I have Real Madrid sympathies because of Kaylor Navas. Obviously, I'm a United fan. Sympathies are not fan. Following oh, like a team. fan follow- following oh. a team. Then, yeah, no. No. I mean, I follow Cos- Solernitana. The Cosmos B is my team. Yeah. That's it. But. I follow the Cosmos. I follow Solernitana. I follow Manchester United. That's it. You know, I have a sympathies for Celtic. But, like, I can't say. I, f- I follow them a little closely more than my other sympathies because I, I have so many friends who are Celtic supporters. And, you know, but that's it. Anyway, let's, let's move on to listening questions. Let's do it. First question comes from Tim Pickerel at Deep Black 67 What would you do with $500 million? If USSF declines to talk, what do you do? Division Zero? Does that come back? Why not grab up the Division Three sanctioning and build a tiered pyramid all within that? 33-plus teams ready to join, that's at least two levels. Well, if you're talking to me, what I would do at $500 million is I would quit my job. I'd probably buy in a villa in the middle of Tuscany and a vineyard. And yeah, that's pretty much would be my life. I'm going with an island. Yeah, yeah an island. island. But if you're going back to the USSF, um, I, I don't know. Like Honestly, if I'm Rocco and I give them my plan and they decline you, why would you ever want to put money into the game here? I, I wouldn't blame him for turning around and say, I'm going to go buy a team in Italy. Yeah, I can't blame that either. $500 million, go buy Salernitana. They could use it. Um, but I'm I mean, just I mean, saying... There's, there's, so many, there's so many things you can do. I mean, for one of the things that I want to do, I want to see better coaches or at least like coaching teachers come over from like Europe or South America and start teaching right. our guys how to teach our kids better. Whether you like them or not, props has to go to Rocco for his persistency on this matter. He's really trying to make a change at the game here. But if this $500 million offer gets rejected and not much comes out of his court cases, I do not blame the man for taking his money and leaving the game here at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, just... just. I don't even think it's worth Division Three sanctioning. Why? Why? You know, like, I, I think if, if, if this all fails, the lawsuits and his offer, and nothing comes out of it for him, 
I would pick up my money and go elsewhere. I, I mean, also, why? It's like I get what you're. I get. I think I get what you're going for, Tim. But it's also, why do I want Division Three sanctioning when nobody knows what the hell's going on with Nisa right now yet? Still, Division Three sanctioning, and then USL D three is setting up, and those guys clearly have a game plan. So Division Three sanctioning without being buddy buddy with MLS and no pro rel is just throwing your money away to an eventual death. And, and I, I figure that you're probably thinking, well, you know, with Division Three, we can build up, you know, gain Division Two. I never got the impression USSF was crazy about there being co-division twos. No, they didn't, they didn't like it. And now that USL is pretty, pretty reestablished and are actively working to, you know, knock out the waivers that they have, keeping them from being a full division two. I mean, I don't really know if there's a future for a division three league trying to move up. Yeah. Moving on to American soccer fan at USA soccer underscore fan. What are your thoughts on Rocco's $500 million investment plan? Is he serious about building a modular stadium for the Cosmos? Where is the best location? Can a woman's, be ta- part of that, a woman's team be part of that stadium proposal? And would you like to see them add a beach soccer club at Coney Island Beach? I think we've already gone pretty extensively on our thoughts on Rocco. So let's, I think let's move on to the next one, the modular stadium. Uh, I think, look, I think he's serious about it. Uh, where would the best location be? You I know where I think. You know where I think. So I, Yeah, I mean, obviously Nick thinks that. I've... You know, I've heard Sunset Park thrown around a few times, more than a few times already. Um, I, I don't know if that's a real thing. I do think a women's team needs to be part of the stadium proposal. You need to justify that. You can't just say that, oh, you know, especially at their current state of NPSL, which is like, what, 14 games and then Open Cup if you're lucky, unless this year you're not. If you're going to do a modular stadium, all right, because let's not forget over in New York, you know, let's, pre- let's pretend all the teams were at the same level, which they're not, I know, but let's pretend they are. You're now in a game of territories. Right, I could see the three teams going with the territories. You have to, to me, get Queens because if New York City FC get Queens because they have that location in Long Island City, they're looking at that's that's a that's a big thing. Or at least get like specifically like Eastern Queens. Yeah. I mean, obviously Bay Ridge is good down in Brooklyn because you could build on that local community and mm-hmm. build a good community club down there. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think you know, modular stadium, lower divisions. You got to go with this soccer loving people that that will embrace so i would say either stay down in coney island if there's a place to build down there yeah. or come up to queens by you know the city field area yeah absolutely I, I, again i think yeah you need a women's team to kind of justify that stadium even if it is modular uh would i like to see him at a beach soccer club i mean that'd be really cool well i i want to see cosmos become an actual club club you know like an actual real club i want to see cosmos basketball i want to see cosmos calligraphy cosmos underwater basket weaving i, I don't care i want all that crap so, yeah, definitely I would love to see a beach soccer club. I'm not even going to get to the breathing aspect, but could the baskets weave underwater? I don't think you can, you can weave a basket underwater. I, I don't know. I'm not into basket weaving. You tell me. You probably do. I like, took real courses in college. Oh, I'm sorry. That you, <laughs> you're not an arts major. Neither am I. Let's move on. Uh, Donovan Hall uh, at the Angler. Dudes, that goal by Rafa Garcia, crazy. It was a privilege to see such a beautiful thing. Nick, you've seen it. Yeah, if it's not, it's on the Cosmos Twitter if you haven't seen it. Awesome. Right coming off giving up a goal, the Cosmos, they always say you're most vulnerable after scoring. This is proof of it. Jesus. You know what, Donovan? Like, I don't get the hype. I've definitely done the same thing. I remember I was Brazil playing Greece in FIFA 99, and right off the faceoff, just nailed one from center circle. Faceoff? Oh, sorry. From wow, the kickoff. Wow, <laughs> kickoff just just beat one in from like the center circle. Like I mean, 
not whatever, man. It's not that big a deal. All right, I'm going to move on from Mr. Blades of Steel over here. <laughs> this Detective Inspector Space Time, Jay Isarieta at Dream underscore King on Twitter. You should just talk for two hours straight about the Rafael Garcia <laughs> goal. And not for nothing, some may come for content, but I'm strictly here for the accents. You, you know what? Uh, I have to tell you, man, like... You've nailed it because I'm not sure we have content to offer. So thank you yeah, for like nailing that. They hill. just like the banter and the accents. Come on, we, uh, we, go on, go on. No, we really have nothing to offer. <laughs> also, by the way, I saw you. I I, I was at the um, the U.S. Open Cup game between Cosmos and Brooklyn, and I saw you, and I didn't know that was you until you posted later. And I wish I'd like known to say hi. If we run into each other again, please, please, please stop me, or I will stop you. Wow, I will stop you. Way to know all listeners. Arturo Zahuantitla, yes. right? At And I do apologize if I pronounce your name wrong. Uh, at OMG, it's Becco on Twitter. It's going to hurt, but thoughts on the Cosmos elimination from the cup. Show's over. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, two years in a row now. Uh, this is a little different. We're in MPSL this year, you know, so we, we lost to a team at our level. But it still it, it hurts. I mean, this, the the Cosmos Open Cup has always been the fantasy. So here's here's the thing. I heard plenty plenty of Cosmos fans say, you know, when we beat the Italians, and then when we beat Lansdowne boys, we're, we're going to go against North Carolina FC, and it'll be Rocco versus you know North Carolina, and and, and all the drama and the, the lines there. And, and I kept saying, hold your freaking horses. Last year we were a pro team that dropped the, that dropped the game to a PDL club. Now we're an am, we're essentially kind of an, an amateur club. Granted, we're still considered professional. We have a few pieces from last year, and, you know, not many, and, and and a whole new team. And and you think we're just going to go out there and kick ass against a Brooklyn Italians team that's been playing together consistently for a while? Yeah. And then Lansdowne boys, who are you know those guys kick ass. Now it's it's not easy, and 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 Mendez is a little bit different than Geo, so it's, I'm it's, not. I'm not honestly. I'm not surprised, and I don't mean that as like a. It, it hurt to watch him get eliminated, but, but I'm not surprised. A lot of people said it last year. The reason they went out of the cup is because they were quote unquote like this new team just put back together. It was a tough situation. Same thing here. I mean, I know it's Cosmos B, but it's a whole new new roster and everything. I, I think I think it, no, I think things are a little different. We've been we were put back together, but we've been playing together for a few months. You know, we'd had a few, we had more than a few games on their on the NASL level going, True. and then we went to Reading, and I think we got, you know, my opinion, we got super distracted by that Saudi Arabian game, and, and the priorities weren't there, and we got knocked out of a competition that we didn't know we barely would qualify for the next year, not qualify for, get into. It really stinks. Um, you could only hope that the Cosmos E come out in the league, and they they come out strong in the league. They really have. It, they've they've looked solid in league play. You could only hope that they make a run in MPSL. I mean, because honestly, you just want to see them on the national landscape and in the conversation. You want to see the Cosmos name still being, you know, worth something, if, mm-hmm. for lack of better terms. And obviously, the Cup was the big chance. They're out of it, and that sucks. So hopefully, they could make a run in the MPSL and be a, a, a discussion point on the, the national soccer footprint. If they fall into third, fourth place... It's going to be, you know, you won't hear the Cosmos a lot. I mean, I'll say this. I heard somebody, uh, I don't want to specify names or anyone, but uh, somebody of consequence say that it's, you know, the Cosmos had hit rock bottom. 
when we got knocked out of the Brooklyn Italians game. So I, I don't know. It's it's they're in a bad spot right now, in my yeah. opinion. But look, let, let's let's focus on the NPSL question uh, a little yeah. more because next up is Joshua Taylor at JT Saka eighty eight. How have Carlos Mendes and Danny Satella impacted the Cosmos B team for this season in the NPSL? Your thoughts? Well, we're undefeated in two games. Obviously, we, we pulled off a ridiculous... Here's the thing. that For whatever it was, we beat the Italians in NPSL. That was a really, granted, skillful, but also a high degree of luck goal. Yes. You know, and we edged them out two to one. Now, we go, we went up to Boston, and yeah, we did trash them. Understood. But, I mean, Danny, Danny has a lot of experience, but he's still working with a whole lot of new pieces. Yeah. Carlos Mendes is literally a first-time coach. Granted, so it was Gio take, It's going to take a while. It's going to take a bit. Um, but, I mean, the and, and it's it's great that they're 2-0, and, and, and they're marching forward. They're continuing to go. But at the end of the day, like, the thing that mattered the most to I think to a lot of the fans was the Open Cup, mm-hmm. and the thing that has always consistently been dangled in front of these fans for years has been the Open Cup by the organization who has always highlighted the Open Cup even more than the NESL. Cosmos B didn't play that great in NPSL last year, and it's a whole new team. NPSL is competitive for the level it's at. Now I think they're playing well in the league this year, and they should be because their roster I think is a is one of the stronger. MPSL rosters in that division. They should be at the top. I, I have honestly, and I have to say this honestly, Arturo, I have not been able to watch league play yet. I, I wasn't able to go out to Long Island for the game. I couldn't watch the Boston broadcast. But based on the NPSL play, the thing that surprised me was how weak our back line was. We looked absolutely open along that back four. Um, I do think Niskin's played out of position. Why, why is it? That's been the way of the Cosmos for like at least the last two seasons. Uh, it got, but at least you know it kind of gets better, I guess. But this, based on what I've seen for the last two seasons, and based on what I saw that night, yeah, was ridiculous. Okay, we looked absolutely exposed every time. We hung our, we hung out our, uh, what's it called, Macklin Robinson, the goalkeeper, out to dry several times, and th- that's another thing. Macklin Robinson scares the hell out of me because he looks like Jimmy Maurer when Maurer, but not the, not the good days of Jimmy Maurer. I'm talking about the days when Maurer decides to leave his box and attack a ball and, and leave the back. It scares the hell out of me. So I don't know if that's sustainable for a season. Hopefully they can they can stabilize that back line. You know, make Ma- uh, make Robinson uh, more comfortable with staying back and, and defending a little more. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to go out to any of the games yet. I was away and then work, busy month at work. I just haven't been able to see anything. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, eyes on them. Hope they're doing well. I did watch a play. It was the goal from last night. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see where it goes. Moving along to Antoine Latrin, at uh, Antoine Latrin on Twitter. What could happen to USL clubs? I'm thinking about Sacramento or Phoenix, who is investing heavily on its infrastructure and team to get to MLS. If it doesn't get promoted, could it kill it economically because the sums invested wouldn't get the money back? Really, really good question. There was a follow-up point by John McPherson at John MCP 66 from a PRFC, that's Phoenix Rising FC, point of view. They built a pop-up that was planned before they thought about an MLS bid. As for players, most are on one, two-year contracts. They're pretty much all young up-and-comers. Bar one guessing the investment in Tucson and you may have waited though. I think it's a really interesting question. And I think for John's point, I'm not as concerned about Phoenix as yeah. I would be about Sacramento. Yeah, I mean like like John says, uh, absolutely. You know, before Phoenix Rising existed, it was uh was it FC Oh my god, I can't believe I got the name. 
Tucson FC, FC yeah, Tucson. Tucson FC. And, and you know, so they were they were already existing on a, on a smaller scale. Now they've stepped it up. They found major investors. They found that Chinese uh, billionaire, yep. I think, recently who's who's in, who's interested in throwing money at the team, and you know, he has a lot of connections. His, I think, daughter was born there and in Phoenix and everything. But um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, as far as Sacramento Republic goes, I probably would be a little more nervous about them. Oh for yeah, yeah. Every, they, they everything we've hit. heard is built for MLS, built for MLS, built for MLS. And if they don't get MLS, like what is the point of that team? Does does it stick around? Is there enough support? Will the fans care enough if they don't get MLS? If when they've all been, you know, Can, that's all they've heard. You want to see something in in, in from Puerto uh, Puerto Rico? I'm sorry, Puerto Phoenix Rico. Rising, PIC, PRFC, and I, Phoenix Rising standpoint. I look at San Antonio, and obviously San Antonio right now is pissed off at MLS. And the judge, whatever his name is, said you're better off getting La Liga than MLS right now. Not La Liga, uh, Liga MX. Now, that's something to watch because while I don't think Liga MX would make sense in New York City, getting Liga MX in San Antonio would be a That'd be big. huge, huge thing. Phoenix might fall into that category. I really believe eventually Phoenix will get in because it's a quote-unquote big market and there's economic value because they don't care about the soccer. They care about is it going to make the people money. It's mm-hmm. a business. Business first, soccer second. That's MLS and that's not shitting on it. That's they 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 said it on the side. They don't want pro rel because of the, the the economic investment. They it doesn't make economical sense. That's what they care about, you know. Um, Phoenix, I I eventually could see getting into MLS. Sacramento, how many times have they been passed up already? And if they don't get into MLS and they get told no, I I worry about what happens to the Republic. I really do. Absolutely. Also, by the way, the name of the club was Arizona United, not FC Tucson. Oh, I'm confusing okay. them with the PDL side. Uh, so right, yeah, Tucson's a completely different city. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely. I, I would say there's more of a concern for Sacramento. I definitely agree with John McPherson, uh, but it remains to be seen. Sacramento's whole model was MLS related, and I, I think it could be contingent to their survival. I wonder how many people, how many in the organization, you know, stakeholders, investors, might decide that it's not worth their time anymore and just pull out. And this is why we are on the change camp. Not not because we're both anti-MLS because I don't think I don't think me or, we we're sit not down anti, and yeah, we're not anti-MLS we know what MLS is it's a it's an American sports league and we know for better or worse that's what it is but for teams like Sacramento Phoenix Rising or even if you want to go lower you go to community clubs like Detroit City or Chattanooga or even go lower in our backyard you like a, a community team like Pan Cyprian Freedom or Greek Americans these are clubs that, you know, maybe at the MPSL, UPS level, they'll always be around because it's amateur. But th- these are clubs that, if they were given the opportunity to go up in rankings, and I'm not a pro-rel guy, like I'm not, like I'm a pro-rel guy, I want to see it, but I'm not like one of those, it has to happen, has to happen. But that being said, you give these little community clubs an opportunity to get to the top level, they'll their attendance will double. I really believe their attendance would at least double, if not triple at their level. You know, like... And then you probably wouldn't have to worry about the future so much unless a bad owner comes in and buys 42 deer to Drogba for deer to Drogba for millions of dollars when they only make $100,000 a year. That would kill the club. But it, it's different. You know, now knowing that the top division is closed, it brings up a whole different discussion. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, I think that wraps it up for this uh, this week's show. Where can they find us? You can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, 
pint after of course you can find the show on twitter at at pint after pod you can find nick at pint after nick you can find me at delta reaper once again we love to talk you know we love to talk soccer and cats and new york and everything and you know nick's always on a mets and billy joel kick or whatever but i've been very good i've been very good you've been on vacation so uh yeah i haven't done billy joel yet what do you mean you haven't done billy joel we haven't had a billy joel episode yet I feel like that's about to. Oh, are you talking about my Twitter? Your Twitter. No, no, totally. I just thought of that. Now we're having Billy Joel night, but <laughs> uh, I, I've been very, very good. I've been trying to separate the two. I know people were upset because I'm always I talk a lot about the Mets. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if I can watch a broadcast this week of FC St. Pauli playing Detroit City. That'll be a lot of fun. That's a great, great I have event. A lot of yeah, friends lot going of friends up there. Going my roommate's there. going. I can't make it myself, but you know, looking forward to trying to catch a broadcast of that. That'd be a lot of cool. Good, great, great event there. Um, thinking about when I'm uh, over there, maybe trying to get over to Hamburg for a game if I, time permits, but it'd be pretty cool. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry about the long break. Really apologize. Life got in the way. Might happen again. Just just setting it straight, but we're always going to be here talking to low division soccer. Great stuff going on, as always. Lawsuits on the field, some good stuff. We'll be back hopefully next week. We think we're going to be. If not, we'll let you know. But thanks again for the questions. Most importantly, I love you all. Do you know why you got free?